October 11th, day two of the NHL season and not quite the start we were looking for. 0-2 on our best bets given out yesterday. So we'll recap some of those. Uh, we'll get into the games, what went down, what went wrong, and then we'll get into games for tonight as well as our best bets as well. If you have any questions in the chat here, please make sure to send them. We'll try to get to those throughout the show here today. But before we get into any of that, I want to remind people that this show is presented by BetStamp. BetStamp is the best way to shop for odds as a sports better. You are always trying to get the best odds, whether it be for games, futures, or player props. You're always trying to line shop to save time and money, and BetStamp is the app to do it. So make sure to sign up at BetStamp today. And if you are trying to help support the show or you see a sports book up here today that you don't have that you need to sign up for because you're going to sit there and say, I want to make that bet as well, but I don't have access to those odds, make sure to use the link in the description to sign up for any of those sports books. BetStamp.app slash Edgework. It does help support us here on the Edgework show. Boys, I mean... Tough start to the to the uh, to the season there yesterday. Owen two, but before we get into that here, Matt, welcome to the show. First time on Edgework Live. Uh, how you feeling? Thanks, Zach. Uh, good. Would have been a little bit better if I didn't have to watch that Seattle game last night, but nonetheless, <laughs> can always bounce back. Yeah, fair enough. And Moretto, I mean. We do go own to, I think, maybe a tough one there, but you Set do get the, the Habs low, playing tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what what are people going to expect from us now? Like, Owen two, it can only go up. So exactly. I think we're fine. I think we're fine. But let's get into the games last night. Moretto, I'll start with you on the Nashville game. Uh, you're high on them. You're high on them for the season. Any thoughts yesterday? Any thought process changing on the Predators based on what you saw, based on the results of the game, anything like that? No, I think they played like dog shit in the first period and still were very much in that game late against a very good and underrated Tampa team, which, you know, I talked about yesterday too, how I'm pretty high on Tampa. Um, yeah, I mean, that, all in all, like you got to be kind of happy with what you saw from the Predators if you're someone like me who is, you know, staking borderline their reputation on the Predators being good this year. Um, I thought that getting Parson involved in the scoring, getting Novak involved in the scoring, you know, having these guys produce offense early on, like, you want to see these young guys contributing and not like, you know, uh, I mean, you want to see them do it over a full season as opposed to like where last year they kind of did it late in the year. They came up. It's harder to do it, you know, over a full year than it is in like a, a small sample size towards the end of last season. So to see them get involved early, obviously good for their confidence. Good to see that, you know, maybe this is like not just a flash in the pan and um, to do it against, you know, a well-structured team. Like they, if they could stay out of the box in the third period, I think maybe this game ends you know, with the Predators win, but obviously they couldn't stay out of the box, Tampa's power play and, you know, Nick Paul, um, what a trade that was for the Senators. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just how it, how it works out. Sometimes you don't get the bounces and, um, you know, we'll shake it off and we'll, we'll find a winner at one point this week. I hope. Yeah. I mean, as far as Tampa goes, do you feel a little bit like reassured and kind of where we were at yesterday coming out of the show thinking like, Hey, this Tampa team might be a little bit undervalued. This might be a team that is actually, much better than people are kind of anticipating them to be. And then if they stay above water while Vasilevsky's out, they're in a good spot. Or did you see, did you see any holes? Like what was your kind of thoughts on Tampa? I, my thought was that if, if Vasilevsky doesn't hurry up and come back, Jonas Johansson's going to take over the starting job, no matter what. I mean, geez, this guy's a, uh, he's, you know, he, he's like found the fountain of youth. I don't know what he found, but he could play goalie again all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely feeling very confident in Tampa being a good team. Obviously it's one game. So like, I'm not going to, you know, base anything off of that. Um, but it definitely 
didn't see anything that, you know, would change my mind. I think this is like a deep hockey team. They're going to get a lot of goals from a lot of different people. And uh, obviously their top guys are still going to be firing. And I think that, yeah, I think Tampa will be just fine. I couldn't believe how many like people I saw tweeting out their predictions yesterday, obviously first, like, you know, first day of the season, everyone's going to tweet out their predictions, but how many like prominent people had Tampa missing the playoffs? It's like, yeah, everyone has just completely given up on this team because Vasilevsky's out for a month and a half, two months. I don't know. It's wild to me. I think now this is like a, hot takey but i think Vasilevsky could miss the whole season and they would still be a wild card team i i don't know if it's that hot myself i don't know matt you think it's uh, you think it's a hot take i don't know it's a little extreme so i know in the past like i've look Jonas johansson's been for the most part like a terrible goal i tweeted about it numerous times like i was <laughs> talking to you guys in the chat last night like one of my favorite things for years is anytime you see him like play the over right away no matter what um, because Tampa's so used to having Vasilevsky out there that they can play a more aggressive offensive style and not needing to necessarily worry about giving up a few chances. Um, he was actually relatively good in limited time last year. And obviously last night, like he looked okay. I mean, that goal by Novak was, he wasn't going to stop that. Um, so I don't know. I think it is hard to what, hard what to make of him this year. I do think it's going to be better than some of the past years you've seen where he's going to let in every third shot. But at the same time, like, I don't think he's going to be like a starting level goalie or anything, but I do think there is like a relatively good chance that he's like a stable backup until Vasilevsky comes back. Um, and I do think Tampa is probably going to change their style of play a little bit to maybe help guard him a little bit more as opposed to just, hey, go out and just try to score as many goals as possible. Yeah, it's like when you're playing minor hockey and they have to put a goalie in net who's never played before because your goalie can't come and then your game plan turns into don't let anyone shoot on this guy kind of thing, limit all opportunities. But uh, before we move off this game, final question I want to ask, I'll pose it to both you guys here. So whoever's got thoughts on this, but um, clock stop gate, do you guys catch that? The, uh, the clock stopping for about a second or so. Do you think do you have any uh, thoughts on that? What happened there? Alex, I'll let you go first. I honestly, I didn't even <laughs> notice it. I'm, I'm so like non-observant that I didn't notice it until Matt mentioned something in our chat. I had, I just had given up at that point. I saw Kucherov getting up the ice. I was like, all right, well, this is done. Yeah. I did not time it out. I have not seen if someone timed it out. I, I'm not into like conspiracy theories. Oh, the clock operator had the puck line, any of that kind of stuff, but it looks very clear. Like the clock stopped at 1.2. Yeah. It took about a second and a half to get the puck in. I don't know. If I had Nashville plus one and a half, I'd be a little bit more upset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I hope he did have the puck line and I hope he cashed big on it. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, good for him. All the power to him. But no, I instantly saw that on Twitter. Um, some prop guys and stuff were tweeting about it and it was yeah. it was definitely noticed. Yeah, I feel like it might have just been one of those things where it was the actual broadcast clock and not necessarily the in-arena clock that was uh, doing the pause, but it did definitely pause. I did notice that. So uh, moving on, another game that took place last night, the uh, the debut of Connor Bedard, the second coming. Um, obviously, Chicago rolling in there, not a very good team. We were messaging back and forth in regards to the roster that they were putting out there. Moretto put out a tweet. If you haven't seen it, go check that out. It was pretty funny, but it was just about this looks like a team that's already tanking like late in the season, like the guys that they're rostering. And it's it's bang on. It's like Matt sending messages, but like, I can't believe we have Jared Tenorti on the ace. And I'm sitting there going, I can't even believe that that guy's still wearing skates, let alone playing in the NHL right now. 
and yet they find a way to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Penguins' home opener. We kind of discussed yesterday on the show that the Penguins were probably going to be, in our opinion at least, Moretto, a little bit fraudulent. You kind of stand with that take of where we were at yesterday. Obviously, one game, so you can't really like, yes, this is what it is. But based on what you saw yesterday, do you feel uh, you feel reassured in your Penguins take? Yeah, one game, but like I, I, it's one game against pretty much one of the worst teams in the NHL, and yeah. they by all means looked terrible. Um, I mean, the Carlson thing might blow up in their face. Uh, you know, I thought that when they traded from like Carlson needs a very specific situation to succeed in. Um, I mean, the way I look at it, like Carlson kind of plays hockey like like guys play beer league, where like. You know, you have like that really good guy who's like incredibly talented that like, you know, at, at beer league who like just like is a donkey on the ISO and just needs to like do his own thing and like basically just like go end to end half the time. That's kind of what he is. He will not flourish in a system. You all, If you want him to play within your system, it's not going to happen. They need to be like fluid and flexible and give him that freedom when he's on the ice. I'm sure they're willing to do that. But like how often can you, can, you know, continuously adapt based on who's out there? Um it's just a tough situation. Last year, he could basically just do whatever he wanted on San Jose. And, you know, just he had free reign because that team was awful and nothing mattered. Um, he's not going to have that this year. And, like, this is a very different situation he's going to be in. Obviously, he's going to get the power play time, but he's not going to be, like, the guy on the power play. They have a lot of options out there, um, you know, with Gensel, Latang, Crosby, obviously Malkin. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a deal that can kind of blow up in their face. They don't have the depth. And, like, obviously, you know the age of this team injuries haven't even hit them yet. And you know that that's going to come at one point because I don't think many of these guys are suited to play 82 games uh, anymore. So I think it could be a long season for them. Again, one game, you're not going to overreact, but like, yeah, if, I mean, I'm sitting here with some, a lot of pens under stuff and, you know, I feel decent, you know, about it right now. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. So I tend to think I'm a little bit higher on Pittsburgh this year. Um, I will say the trade as a whole, I think I was in the minority that actually thought San Jose did pretty well, saying about a year ago, like you wouldn't have been able to attach a pick to Carlson to get rid of his contract. Um, and for the fact they were able to get a first, like with what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. Um, Dubis, Dubis trades first like their candy, though. Dubis, is a, Dubis doesn't yeah. value them because he can't draft, so it doesn't matter. But anyways. <laughs> I know you're a big Dubis guy. Um <laughs> I think eventually they'll get it figured out. I think it was relatively clear last night that it's an entirely new situation for him, like you said, and he's kind of used to being the guy. And now even on that power play, like it's not going right through him, nor should it. Um, So I think it is going to take some time, but at the same time, like I think he's still too good of a player for it to just like totally blow up in their face. And it's obviously going to be an upgrade over what they had last year. I know I'm a bigger fan of kind of some of their other offseason moves, um, like getting Mikhail Granlund out of there. Um, and just kind of it, their depth looks a little bit better than it did at this point last year, and especially near the end of last year. So I do think they have the potential to be better than they were last year, but obviously like blowing that lead to a terrible Blackhawks team where I realized Ryan Donato was on their first line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it dropped Ryan off. Ryan Donato. <laughs> And then yeah. it dropped off really quick. Like, yeah, Jared Sonority, who, like, couldn't crack a Rangers roster two years ago over, like, Libor Hayek and Patrick Nemeth. And, and all of a sudden, he's on, I think, the second deep pair in Chicago. Former Habs first-round pick. It's going to be a long year for Chicago. But, no, they look <laughs> yeah. good after, after that initial start. Um, but back to Bedard. Like, and I know you tweeted something about it. Like, the skill's definitely there. Like, he's obviously going to be a stud. 
he needs to get stronger. Um, yeah. He was just getting knocked off pucks left and right. Um, but he clearly has all the rest of the tools. And it was definitely a good first game for him. Yeah, like he's explosive. He's so fast and he's like dynamic. Yeah. And he can change the game with one, you know, rush up the ice. But like, obviously the shot will be there. You could tell there were definitely some jitters with those early, the first power play of the game. They paid a lot of attention to him. He had a couple like decent looks. Yeah. But yeah, there were some jitters there. But um, he was getting pushed off bucks really easily. And obviously like he's 18. He's a kid still, right? He's playing against grown men. Like that'll come with age. But yeah. like, you know, Crosby didn't have that issue. Like Crosby was built like a horse when he came into the league. Um, and, uh, you know, Bedard will get there. Obviously, he's going to be fantastic. It's just something that I noticed I didn't necessarily expect to really matter. I thought. Well, that, McDavid even. McDavid wasn't yeah. really like physically outmatched when yeah. he got in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, you know, it's just the way he plays. Like, it'll be fine. But obviously, there's going to be some growing pains. And, and you know. Maybe that does mean that the Calder race is back open, or maybe it's also just one game and like it doesn't matter. And there were just some jitters, and he'll be perfectly fine. I think he'll still, you know, have a sixty-point season or whatever coming. But yeah. uh, just something that was, I thought, you know, bared uh, bared mentioning. Yeah, and the other thing that you mentioned in there about them paying a lot of attention to him on the power play, like that's something that's not going to go away due to no. how bad the roster is, right? Like yeah, they, they don't need no to one pay, else. They need to pay attention to like him and. Taylor Hall and yeah. Seth Jones, I guess, but like, that's it. Well, like even Seth yeah. Jones, they were like, yeah, you can kind of do your own thing. They would kind of just leave him be, go, go around and operate on his own. It was right on Bedard the second anybody even looked at him. And then Taylor <laughs> Hall, you just kind of pick off down, down low. And yeah. that was it. Like you're saying, like, that was how you just kind of shut them down. And that's that going to happen all year. I see in the chat too uh, from Mike Romberg here. That's complete. I completely agree. That was, it was, it honestly was very reminiscent of Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes looked awful early on in his career. Um, obviously he's an incredible player, but like he looked just like frail and just like he was not ready to play against men in the NHL. And um, I think that's why he took a while to kind of get up to speed. Now, obviously, yeah. you know, you figure the game out and like, so Bedard will be just fine. But yeah, it, it was very reminiscent of Jack Hughes. Yeah, but like, so on that first power play, like, I forget who the Penguins penalty killer was. I think it was Lafferty. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you could tell just looking at it, like, they were not going to let Bedard shoot the puck from that half wall. Like, they were going to let Jones shoot from up top. They were going to let him go the other way, kind of give whatever you wanted. Like, and I think that's something that a lot of teams are going to copy when they play Chicago, knowing mm -hmm. he's the guy that's going to hurt you with the shot. Like, take the shots from the point all day. Just, you can't let him, you can't let him have it over there. And then big baby Donato is going to clean up with 40 goals. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Also, I, I believe it was uh Brian Rust. Uh yeah, Lafferty's, was, um, Lafferty's in Vancouver. Uh yeah. Leaf Legends have traded Leaf to Vancouver. Flash. So yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. Dubus Dubus should make a trade and get Morazic. That's the move that <laughs> needs to be made. It actually Dude, just go find out <laughs> find out whatever goalies out there currently playing have played for the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah, and well, that's uh, next. Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish both played for the Sioux. I found that out last night uh, on the Blackhawks. I thought maybe they were going to leave on the Penguins uh, Penguins team flight. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, final game of the night last night. Matt, we'll go to you here. Uh, seeing as your title there says, you hate Seattle. Talk us through what happened in the Kraken game last night. Real quick, just to correct myself, it was Noel Lachari on the penalty kill, okay. not Sam Lapp, because I'm Another Leafs legend. Um, <laughs> we'll get to the Leafs in a bit. Um, <laughs> the Kraken power play stinks. That's yeah. about the best way to describe that game, and it obviously would have helped if Brandon Tenev didn't pretty much put a puck in his own net. 
Mm-hmm. At five on five, I thought the Kraken looked good. Um, and it just kind of builds off like last year. They were one of the top five on five teams in the league. Um, and like the first part of that game, they really controlled. Obviously, they kind of had the early power play, got nothing out of it. But again, they looked really good early on. And then obviously Vegas kind of got that nice tic-tac-toe goal, um, I think finished by Stevenson. And then it just kind of went downhill after that. But the Kraken had a lot of chances. Um, obviously, in the third period, like they had the major power play that resulted in Everly missing an empty net that I still don't know how was missed. Um, but outside of that, just not generating a whole lot else. Um, I don't know. It was frustrating as somebody on the Kraken, but what can you do? They actually played pretty well, I thought, though. Did we deserve that? Yeah. Better? I didn't watch the game. I was asleep. I, I'm, I'm an so old man now. I go to bed early, uh, but I missed it completely. Better. Yeah, empty netter at the end, 4-1. It felt like it probably should have been a one-goal game late. Yeah. But it, it was... I mean, Aiden Hill was spectacular. That's where yeah, did this Aiden come Hill from? It actually makes no sense. Like, I can't... Aiden Hill was like a fade when he was with the Sharks and the and the Coyotes. It was like an easy bet against Aiden Hill in the Aiden Hill games. I know. I We were talking about this last night, but like, I don't know how he went from... I think he had... I think this is his seventh year, if I'm correct. Um, but like the first six year, or first five years, he was below replacement level. And all of a sudden, he just like has this playoff. And now he's like the best goalie in the world. And Zach joked last night, like, I don't know how he made 4.9 million. I'm like, he plays like this. He's worth 49 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like watching that game last night. Seattle was, there were stretches where it's like, this should have been. Seattle tied game or Seattle within one here and it just doesn't happen. And then even like that stretch where you're talking about where Vegas goes down and has the tic-tac-toe, it's like it it kind of had followed up a series of Seattle being down and creating a ton of opportunities. Not necessarily that they had crazy Aiden Hill saves in that, in that span, but like there was a lot of opportunities they could have easily scored. And next thing you know, Vegas is down the other end tic-tac-toe and it's a different game and it's just, just like sitting there being like, if this team could have just buried on a couple of these capitalized on power play, that's a, it's a different game. Now, mind you, when you say like, did we deserve better? It's not like Vegas played a bad game. Like Vegas deserved to win that game. They did what they did. They outplayed them. They won. I don't know. It's like, sometimes it just gets dumbed down to that, but it's kind of what happened with us last night. It's just unfortunate. Blame everything on variance. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the games here today. We do have a slate of six ahead of us. So we'll go through some of these. We'll give out best bets. If anybody in the chat has any questions, please make sure to ask them there. We will try to get to them throughout the course of the show, whether it be for sides, totals, player props, but we'll give a brief rundown of the game. If we have bets, we'll give them out. If we don't have bets, we'll just kind of talk about the game sides. We're looking towards maybe numbers that we would have needed, why we're not interested in those, and then move on. So make sure to send your questions in the chat as well. If you're watching right now, please make sure to hit that like button about 25 percent of the people watching right now have hit like that's just not enough i mean a quarter of you have hit like make sure to hit that like button while you're watching subscribe to the channel as well while you're at it but let's start first and foremost with the ottawa senators game on the road at the carolina hurricanes just a Currently looking at the total right now, I'm seeing six and a half on Pinnacle, and we see uh, the money line currently minus 180 for the Hurricanes, plus 161 for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Moretto, 
any thoughts on this game at all? I mean, I know we're not necessarily looking at some plays in in this one, but just maybe prices of what you would have needed. Why is it kind of out of range? Just where are you at with uh, with this Carolina Senators game tonight? Yeah, uh, I mean, it is like a Carolina team that I'm very high on coming into the year. I have some like President's Trophy stuff on them um, and a sense team that I don't think is as good as, uh, as the market thinks they are, um, or at least as, you know, people think they are seems to be a popular like surprise playoff pick i'm not quite there yet i think there's gonna be growing pains with that young decor i don't think the depth is actually where it should be obviously no shane pinto no uh, norris right now um pinto without the contract norris injured like i just i can't really make much of a case to be betting ottawa here um but i don't like the price on carolina this is just like i could maybe be talked into an under just because of the fact that but I mean, again, every time every time you bet an under on Carolina, they score like six goals. Every time you bet Carolina, they, they <laughs> get one goal on fifty-five shots. So I mean, I just want nothing to do with this game. This is just a stay away. It'll be a good uh, a good barometer to kind of see where Ottawa's at right now and see uh, you know what this uh, new Carolina team is with their new additions. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I'm definitely the same way. I have no play on this. I think this is an Ottawa team that. I liked backing them last year, especially when they were kind of on the larger dog side. They're a very high variance team, obviously, with kind of their top end skill, but their depth very questionable. Last year, obviously, goaltending big issue. This year should be a little bit better. I agree. Norris Pinto being out kind of keeps me away from wanting anything on Ottawa, but I I don't want to lay this number with Carolina here. Um, I do think this is an Ottawa team that I'll look to play a good amount of overs with during the year. But again, Carolina, like this game screams like four to one Kings. Um, and I just don't necessarily want any part of getting in front of that. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about the depth of this senators team. You go from Norris and Pinto to Ridley, Greg and, uh, uh, Rourke Chartier, like down in the middle, like th- this is a this is a drastic swing in where they were at depth wise going into the season or what they're yeah. expecting to have at least, um, Anything that you guys might be looking for in uh, in player props or anything like that in this game? Is there, I see Austin Mettler saying Tim Stutzlow plus one eighty not to record a point tonight on uh, on a book. Would that be something that might be uh, intriguing to you guys? Real quick, those two Senators players you mentioned, where would they be in the Blackhawks roster? Second line. <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am seeing this plus one eighty out here, but would that be something for like Tim Stutzla? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, Carolina is obviously like yeah. they're Carolina is like a team where they're not going to give up a lot, right? Like, how much is Otto going to be able to generate? Um, Carolina plays such a suffocating game, but like Stutz is also a dynamic player, so you know, yeah, it's it's. I mean, if they're gonna you know find a breakthrough in this game, it's probably going to come from that top line. But again, Carolina at home here can play the matchups a little bit more um pretty suffocating team like i don't hate the look it's not something that i was necessarily on my radar but um yeah i I think that that's a decent a decent look yeah in general i don't necessarily bet too many props but i certainly like not to record a point as a big dog versus a team that like you said suffocates you like carolina does Mm -hmm. at a big number like plus 180 um obviously a lot of ice time he'll be on every power play um but at plus 180 i certainly don't hate that play 
All right, next game. The game everyone came here to hear us talk about. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs playing host to the Montreal Canadiens here tonight in the season opener. We're currently seeing Toronto at minus 282 on Pinnacle, minus 275, best price available, 249 on the Montreal Canadiens. And you're seeing this total sitting at six and a half. Um, Mr. Montreal, what are your thoughts on uh, on the Canadiens here tonight in the uh, season opener against the Maple Leafs? Well, you know, the Habs are underrated, you know, very, very strong cup contender this year. <laughs> no, I, obviously, um, you know, it's kind of uh, the Leafs are a much, much better team, um, but it's pretty tough to back them as big favorites like this. Uh, we've seen yeah. so often, you know, throughout their their seasons that in these spots, they kind of struggle a little bit more. Montreal just like has a tendency to play them tough, whether it's like the rivalry aspect or whatever. Um you know, Montreal gets the better of them more often than they probably should. Um, so, you know, I'm not really betting anything sidewise here. I do kind of like the over, and I think maybe like maybe for a half unit, I could lock in a, an overplay. Um, the minus 120 at FanDuel looks good to me, or MGM seems pretty widely available. Uh, yep. I think that um, defensively, Montreal has a ways to go. Um, they're a very young group on the back end and there's, you know, with that are going to become, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. You know, uh, you're talking about guys like Gooley, uh, guys like Jack, I, Jordan Harris, who I like, but again, maybe not necessarily right now. Like they're going to need a little bit more time. Um, Matheson and Savard is your top pair. Like I really like Matheson, but Savard is, you know, can be a bit of an anchor. Uh, he's a good penalty killer, but that's about it. And I think Montreal offensively is a little bit underrated. Um, I mean, they they were missing a ton of guys last year. If you go, you know, top to bottom through their roster, they, the injuries just kind of like decimated them. They were not, you know, bad um, early in the season last year. They, you know, they were offense was clicking. The team was overall doing well. I think they were playing, you know, like 500 hockey for a decent, you know, stretch until injuries started to really derail them. And I think they're going to get a lot of goals. Like something that like models can't really factor in or don't factor in is the fact that like, you know, Suzuki isn't considered like a, a good offensive player an elite offensive player, you know, guys like that. But like Suzuki was by all means a pretty elite offensive player through the first like three months of last season. Then his line mates start going down. Everyone starts going down. There were stretches in the second half of the year where he's playing with like Jesse Elonen and Joel Armia or Raphael Harvey Pernard. I mean, you're not going to like play – you know, you're not going to produce against teams' best players when you're playing with, you know, relative dog shit on your wings. So, I mean, I think stuff like that kind of has them a little bit undervalued offensively. I don't think the Leafs are the strongest defensive team. Um, I think depth-wise, Montreal is actually decent. Maybe they can win some of those matchups with the third and fourth lines. So, yeah, I think that uh, we can see some goals here, and I think that over six and a half is worth a bit of a smaller play. All right. Matt, any thoughts on this game here? Yeah, so I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I I definitely lean to the over of anything. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit, but I do like Montreal a little bit here for a lot of the reasons that you touched on. Um, I do think that the Canadians actually will be not make the playoffs or anything, but I think they'll be a little bit better than what's expected this year. Obviously, they're kind of expected to be one of the worst three teams in the league at this point. Mm -hmm. I think they are going to score a decent amount of goals this year. Um, the issues for sure are going to be keeping the puck out of their net. But again, like you said, they always seem to play Toronto tough. Toronto's got to work some new guys into their lineup that, and like we saw last night with Carlson, like that stuff takes time. It just doesn't happen right away. So they're obviously trying to work in uh, Domi. They're trying to work in Bertuzzi. There'll be some others around there throughout the year. But like tonight, I I played the Canadians actually on the puck line uh, plus one and a half and plus a hundred. I I think that this game does stay pretty close. Um, 
for what it's worth, and we could put a lot or a little stock into this, they actually played uh, last week with most yeah. of their full lineups. And it was a very close game, but the Canadians actually won it overtime. Um, obviously, preseason, like, I get all that. But it was both teams pretty much A rosters on both sides. Um, but, yeah, I like the Canadians plus a goal and a half tonight. All right, so we'll lock that in. Um, you want to put a half unit, full unit on this here? Uh, I went full unit on one and a half plus 100. All right, there you go. So second official play, we got both in this game here tonight, so we'll lock those in. And again, if you do want to track the plays that we give out on this show throughout the course of the season, see how they do, you can find that over in the BetStamp app as Edgework HQ. So make sure to go over there, give it a follow. You can see our record from last season, RRY, COV, how everything goes throughout the year. So make sure to go over, download the BetStamp app today and check us out in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. But two official picks locked in here tonight. Now, moving on to the third game of tonight, Chicago Blackhawks coming in on a back-to-back here. Uh, interesting scheduling to just start their season off running through that. But you go from Pittsburgh, uh, face off against the Boston Bruins here tonight. Now, Boston, obviously a team that we've kind of seen people predicting some regression from obviously that you don't think they're going to have the season that they did last year. But Matt, if you're going to look to this game here tonight, you see an opportunity to maybe get behind the Bruins uh, facing off against Chicago on the back-to-back. Is this just maybe a stay away or maybe are you looking towards a total in this game? So at the side, I'm staying away. Um, I do think I'm going to be fading the Bruins a lot early on. It seems to me like they're still being priced as one of the six to eight best teams in the league. Personally, I don't believe they are that. I think I'm lower on them just with everything they've lost. I obviously expect a little bit of regression from Olmark this year, even if he's still very good. He's not going to do what he did last year. Pasternak, obviously elite. He just scored 60. It's hard to be better than he was last year. You lose one of the best two-way centers of all time in Bergeron. You lose Krejci. Obviously, you lose the playoff additions in Bertuzzi and Orlov. Um, I actually have the Bruins like struggling to make a wild card spot this year, personally. I bet them to miss the playoffs at plus 250, plus 300, numbers like that. That said, I anticipate playing a lot of Bruins unders this year, especially early on. Um, I can't really get there tonight with a team like Chicago that I think is, again, just very capable of folding defensively for reasons like you touched on earlier. They got a lot of young players on the back end. But the Bruins returned five of their top six defensive from last year. They bring back Olmark, who's still going to be very good. They obviously lose a little bit of firepower up front. So I think it's a team that, generally speaking, I'd like to play a lot of unders on. I just can't get there tonight. At six, it looks like under is about plus 100. I was frankly yeah. hoping for either a little bit better or maybe a six and a half given Chicago. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I'm going to look for a lot of Bruins unders. Yeah, fair enough. Moretto, any thoughts on this game here? Yeah, I got nothing. I mean, it's pretty like hard to make a case for uh, for the Blackhawks here on a back-to-back, especially with travel this early in the season. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if you're looking towards like some player prop stuff, I think that a guy who could potentially be undervalued. I'm not sure. I mean, we need to see some more lines. I don't really have, you know, lines for this stuff in front of us yet, but um, I do see a uh, plus 600 on uh, bet nine, nine for um, JVR over 0.5 power play points. So basically to record a power play point. If you like want to back JVR in any of these markets, like a power play point or just a point in general, we don't have any points odds yet to record a point yet. Um, even a goal market. Like I, I kind of don't mind taking some JVR stuff tonight. The fact that he's on that first line with uh, with Pasternak is, you know, obviously 
he's just going to be riding that to uh, to some success this year in uh, in the stats column. And he's playing for his power play unit. He's just going to be in front of the net, cleaning things up. He's going to be a bumper guy. I mean, he's just going to he's going to be involved in a lot of stuff for this team offensively. And uh, yeah. whether he should or not, whether that's a good thing for the Bruins or not, doesn't really matter. It's a good thing for us early in the season in the prop market if he's not uh, kind of priced properly. So um, I, I don't mind some JVR stuff here. All right. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so take a look around, see what prices you can get, and you can do that by shopping with the BetStamp app. Now, moving on to the next game here tonight, Winnipeg Jets, Calgary Flames. Winnipeg goes out and signs uh, Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck, and what I thought was kind of surprising, they do it both at the exact same time, same contract, same term, same AAV, all of that. Uh, it was one of those teams that I was interested to watch throughout the course of this season because I I just kept having this feeling that Mark Scheifele was not going to resign there and they were going to have to figure out what they wanted to do with him as it went along. But locking both of those guys in before you even puck drops on day one kind of changes the outlook there and kind of even makes it just a different feel about how they're going to approach this season. Now, going into this one against the Calgary team, you're kind of looking at two teams in a spot where Calgary underperformed last year, at least in terms of not making the playoffs. Huberto drops off by 60 points. Markstrom below a 900 save percentage. It just wasn't where they needed to be at all, all the way through. If you're going to look at this game here tonight, opening the season off, you're currently sitting uh, Winnipeg plus 114 on the road at Calgary, minus 126. Matt, is there any way that you might want to get involved in this one? I know you're high on Winnipeg coming into the season. Yeah, especially after those two signings. Um, they were very large question mark for me this entire summer, just kind of on what's project. Like, I I frankly love the trade they made with the Kings. I thought they got a lot of good pieces back there for a player that just did not want to be there at all. Um, I can't get there at the price tonight. I, I was really trying to get to Winnipeg. I was ideally looking for 125, maybe 130. I know the market was very high on the flames last year. Obviously like Markstrom had a down year for all those reasons you mentioned. I think that's kind of priced back into this year. I do anticipate getting on the Jets a decent amount early, but at this number, I I can't quite get there. Um, but I'm definitely closer to the Jets than the Flames. It looks like the price may actually be ticking up a little bit. If this hits plus 125, I think I'll play Winnipeg for like a half unit, but at plus 115, I'm not necessarily interested. Um, longer term, I did bet Rick Bonus, um, who coaches the Jets, not the Stars. <laughs> reminder to someone in here. Um, to win the Jack Adams this year, I think 35 to 1. Sorry, I had to get that shot in. Um, but no, look, I, I think this is a really good team. I think for, for the last... I don't know, five, six years for the Jets, their issue has been depth just about every year. They've had top-end offensive players, Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Morrissey, Dubois, you kind of name it. Um, but I think after trading Dubois over, like their depth looks pretty solid. Um, and obviously you kind of have Hellebuck and Net. Like now there's no worry about him going anywhere. You bring in Shifley back, like he's not going anywhere. So I I do like this team's or this team's outlook long term, but no, I'm not on the tonight. Do you uh, do you have any concerns with maybe the culture or attitude of the Winnipeg Jets? It kind of seemed like at least over the last two seasons, it became pretty public that that was something that they struggled with, whether it was just the build of the locker room or uh, the attitude of the guys that were in there. Now, obviously, Pierre-Luc Dubois out the door. He was a guy who, as you mentioned, really clearly did not want to be there. But 
does removing him from the situation alleviate things? Like, does that make you feel a lot better about this team going forward? I think just with the amount of turnover, it definitely helps, right? Like, I'm not going to say that Blake Wheeler's bad in the locker room or anything. Like, I have no idea. No. Obviously, he's got the Rangers. I hope he's great. Like, by all accounts, he's great in the locker room. But I think just kind of changing that group a little bit. Obviously, they brought in, I think, three new players from the Kings. They, they get Dubois out the door, who seemed to be, like, the big issue there. It, it's hard enough. I mean, I think we kind of have to see it play out. And I see you shaking your head. I know you're a big guilty guy. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think you just kind of have to see it play out and maybe it is an issue with bonus and he's got to go too, but I, I'm not there quite yet. I just kind of want to see how this group messes with some new faces in there this year. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of really sharp people are high on Winnipeg this year. Um, And I, maybe that makes me feel stupid because I'm not, Um, I don't think people, I don't think like, the players don't forget what happened at the end of last year. And I know Wheeler's gone and I know Dubois is gone, but like, a lot of these guys were still in that room and a lot of these guys were there when bonus threw him under the bus. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot more that went into that series too. Like bonus, like the way bonus handled things after the fact, what I thought was terrible because like, look at the injuries they had. I mean, Ehlers didn't play Morrissey didn't play. That team was really banged up. They battled through a lot. And the fact that they were almost up to nothing in that series when, uh, you know, they lost in double overtime in game two. I mean, they battled through a lot of adversity to, to be competitive in that series. And obviously things went off the rails towards the end, but like, I don't know those comments like it's not just like okay new new season clean slate like all is forgotten all as well i still think that that resonates with the players um i don't know maybe there isn't going to be an issue in the locker room but like i'm just not as high on this jets team overall in general and i think the flames actually have you know some good depth and are pretty much being a little bit undervalued here um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bet them tonight like that minus 120 that's available at betway is not bad. I would I would play that, but we won't lock it in because it's definitely not a widely available number at all. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you can get that minus one twenty, that's that's good for me. Um, but I just think that this is an undervalued team. Like, I'm excited to see Matt Coronado. I think Adam Rzitska is a good player. Like, they have some decent yep. depth guys that are kind of being a little bit um, flying under the radar here. I think, and uh, I'm kind of excited to see what this team can do under Huska. I think that you know, I think they're going to be more exciting. Um, I think maybe they had the issues in the room that Winnipeg kind of has, but they've actually cleaned them out by getting rid of Sutter. And, you know, I think this is just going to be a more energized group this year where, you know, they're happy to come to the rink every day. And that goes a long way. I mean, that goes a long way. First night at home. Uh, I don't, I don't mind the stars here. I'm not quite there at what's widely available, but like, I do think, uh, sorry, the flames, I do think the flames are, uh, are a decent look here. Stars are on my mind, man. The, the whole bonus thing is rattled out. <laughs> 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 Matt, that you just great. came in and threw a wrench uh, right yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, well, well, we're not going to lock anything in there for that game then. Um, but I do see a question in the chat, or someone has mentioned Mass here saying the account has the picks hidden. Yes. Um, we have the picks hidden. They go live once the games uh, have come to a conclusion, and then you can see all the history of the picks. The entire point of that is so that people watch the show for the picks uh, and not just go and follow us on BetStamp and just get notified every time something gets locked in. Because if you would have seen last season, you would see that uh, we had a very successful year, up 21 units at 2.3% ROI over a large sample size. So basically, if you just turned on notifications last year and tailed us, you were going to have a pretty successful year. And uh, so... We want people to watch the show and come here to follow us with Edgework. So the picks are hidden, but you can 
uh, get to them at the end of the show every day. We will recap every pick that's being given out as well. Um, you can see that our entire history of everything uh, throughout the course of the season. So don't worry about that. It will all be there. Now, two more games remaining here tonight. The Edmonton Oilers on the road against the Vancouver Canucks. Moretto, go to you first. Minus 158 on the Oilers, plus 142 currently sitting there for the Vancouver Canucks. The total sitting at seven right now. Is any side or total interesting you at all? No, I think this is a, I mean, I'm closer to the Canucks for sure than I am to Edmonton. I uh, almost want to just bet the Canucks in honor of so money here today and just, you know, really <laughs> get him fired up. Uh, but I think I would, I would want like, plus 155 ish to kind of get in on Vancouver. And I don't think we're going to get that unless some significant Edmonton money comes in, which it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I got nothing at all here. Um, I mean, the over is pushing towards like heavily juiced six and a half. There's, you know, sevens out there uh, plus money, super high total, not a game. I care to bet the under in um, not a game. I care to bet the over in at this number either. So like, I, I really have no interest in the total. Don't think I'll get there on the side. Um, a game that I'll probably just want to sit back and uh, and watch the first period of before falling asleep on the couch at uh, at about ten forty five. <laughs> this will be while Matt and I are sending messages back. Yeah, you guys are hitting your here. prime at that time, and I'll be uh, I'll be fast asleep. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt. Any thoughts on this uh, Oilers Canucks game? Yeah, I I have nothing. I'm on the same side. I tend to lean Vancouver. I don't want to play it like at all um we learned in the preseason fading mcdavid is just a miserable existence even yeah. if he has nobody else on even if he's the only nhl player on the entire roster it's miserable um no just generally speaking i know i'm low on the canucks this year uh but i yeah i, I got nothing here um, Connor brown i don't mind some Connor brown stuff I'll pull it up. We can take a look here at some you know, Connor Brown stuff. I didn't see Connor, any point stuff. That's why I didn't really bring it no. up. But uh, if you're looking for yeah. some prop stuff, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind playing some Connor Brown. Uh, I just hate that he's not on the, the first power play unit, but I mean, he's just going to get fed yeah. by McDavid all year. That's guy. This guy's scoring 30 goals. This guy's 100% scoring 30 goals this year. You can yeah. clip that when he scores 12 in April. <laughs> but like, he's scoring 30 goals this year. Uh, well, also insight here saying McDavid over three and a half shots on goal minus one eighteen. Pull it up. That's not widely available, so not something at all we would track here. But it is available, and I I think if you have access to that, that's uh something worthwhile uh, going out and venturing into the McDavid over three and a half minus one eighteen. But it's like it's at the candy books. Yes. So while we're on the subject of the Canucks, what was this Connor Garland news that came out yesterday? Did you guys see the thing about like how they said he could go request his own trade? Yeah, they can. He can shop around for uh for a trade. Honestly, like that would be for a team that has cap space and is like looking to kind of tank to to add that on to add Garland and add a pick. I mean, that's not a bad move or something. Like, I would love to see that happen, but Habs have too many forwards. They don't necessarily have the cap space, but like you know, it makes sense for like kind of a rebuilding team to like go grab a guy like that who I think is still productive player can be a very productive player obviously the contract's not great but uh it's not horrible either like it's not an anchor contract it's just they can't really afford it um yeah i, I would love to go add garland i think a number of teams would be really smart to do that yeah um connor hurdle here saying connor brown anytime goal plus 310 moretta would you play it at that number yeah, why not? It should be a high-scoring game. There, there will be chances. Let's have some fun. A small, small little bet, you know, a little fun bet for the night. 
All right. Uh, final game of the night that we'll get to here, the Colorado Avalanche going to take on the LA Kings in LA here. Colorado currently sitting minus 120. We got the LA Kings plus 109. Best price on Colorado is minus 115 at DraftKings there. The total sitting at six. What are we kind of expecting out of this uh, new look LA Kings team here, Matt, with Pierre-Luc Dubois inserted into this lineup? I think after the last two years, seeing them lose in very similar ways to kind of the Oilers, it's very clear they had to upgrade kind of their top end skill. Obviously, they went and did that. They were always kind of a deep team. They traded a little bit of that to get him. I have no idea what to expect out of the Kings this year. I think, generally speaking, everyone's very high on them. I think I'm a little lower on them just with some of the unknowns, but they're still going to be a very good team. They're probably still going to make the playoffs. Um, just again, tonight, working in a big piece like this, I want no part of the game. I want to sit back and watch it. I want to see how he looks in a place that, frankly, it looks like he loves and is very happy in. So, well, I mean, it would be hard not to love living in L.A., I think. <laughs> it's hard not to love living in L.A. and playing for, like, a Stanley Cup contender. So this one doesn't yeah. work. Like, I, I don't think we can blame <laughs> the situations anymore. Um, but, no, by all accounts, like, look, he's very talented. I think there's definitely a chance that he just – busts off and has a hundred points this year. Um, but I just, I kind of want to sit back for a little bit and see how this team, uh, they start to look with them this year. Uh, definitely closer to the Kings tonight, but I, I have no plans. Yeah. I'm close to the Kings too. Um, but not quite there. And I also hate the fact that Penny's offering me a much better number on the Kings than anywhere else in market. Um, that's always a little bit of a, a concerning thing to see when you like a side that, Penny disagrees with. So yeah, I don't actually have anything here. I would probably want to get like a 115-ish, 120-ish on the Kings, and I'd be I'd be pretty happy to bet that. But um a little tidbit for people though. Um, a guy that uh I know runs a rink um by my house here in Ontario, and Landis Gog is there every day skating. And uh it sounds like Landis Gog, I mean, is very much planning on playing in the playoffs. This might be a Kucherov situation where it sounds like the plan would be to bring him back um, in April. So I don't think that's something that's a guarantee. I don't think that's something that's necessarily like widely known yet either, but yeah, I mean, could be an interesting thing if you're betting futures, uh, you know, at one point that maybe the abs are going to get a lot stronger come April. <laughs> you got the, uh, the Kanishi moles on the ground. Got the Kanishi moles. The Kanishi moles running around here. Um, yeah. Yeah. My moles are uh, a little bit better than his moles, I think. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. That will do it for the games here today. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Matt, congratulations. You made it through your first Ed Edgework live show. And uh, with the Habs bet, uh, too. I love it. <laughs> with the Habs bet. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> with the Habs yeah. and only one Dilling Zamboni ice joke in the chat so we're, <laughs> we're off to a pretty good start there <laughs> Mike Vivian I respect that <laughs> flying yeah, high after that Oklahoma win this week yeah Oklahoma every week if you yeah. follow along with hit the books uh, but thank you to everyone who tuned in here today greatly appreciate it Matt Moretto thank you guys for taking the time to do this for everyone else, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow morning here on the Edgework channel, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to hit subscribe and turn on notifications on this channel so you don't miss it when we go live. But enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy your bets. Good luck on those. Let's have a day. Go ahead.